Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. You and your hearts, we love you and we're so thankful for all you're doing. In the precious name of Jesus, we all said, Amen, Amen. Amen means so be it, and we all say so be it. Open your Bibles with me to to John chapter 13. That's where we're going to start from. We're continuing in our series. People, you got to love them because you have to love people. And we're going to look at something here, and we're going to work this in with Pentecost as well today. And we'll, we'll talk about all that. Don't you worry. John chapter 13 is where we're going to start at. And I'm calling today's message Behind the Scenes. We all love like a good behind the scenes. You know, people love it when we watch something or we see like a movie and then there's some good behind the scenes footage and you see what was really happening in people's lives. You see what was really happening behind the scenes. It makes you feel like you're a bit of an owner. It makes you feel like, oh, I'm special. I got to see what was going on behind the scenes. In fact, people love it so much that there's a whole theme park dedicated to taking people behind the scenes. You may have heard of it. It's called Universal Studios. Who's been to Universal Studios? It's great. You get to go to Universal Studios, and you get to go watch the Waterworld show that's been there for a thousand years, and I think it's going to be there for a thousand years more if if the earth continues that long, and you get to go to the backdraft set, and they show you how they made all the special effects, but people love being behind the scenes. People love behind the scenes stuff so much that we even have reality TV shows You know, people used to watch TV shows, like normal TV shows, that were scripted, and people sat down and wrote them and wrote how they were going to talk and act and what jokes they were going to have. But then people people said, I want more. I want to see behind the scenes. So then they came up with these reality TV shows, which are just trash, by the way. If, if, you're watching, if you're watching a lot of reality TV shows, you don't need to keep up with the Kardashians. You need to keep up with Jesus. All right? In fact, honestly, guys, you really shouldn't even happen. You shouldn't care what's happening in the Kardashians' life. The Kardashians need Jesus. And, and if you need to watch Keeping Up with Kardashians, what you need to do is mute it and just sit there and intercede for the Kardashians while the show is on. Let's just be real, okay? People love behind the scenes. And today we're going to go a little bit behind the scenes, behind a statement that Jesus made. And we're going to talk about how we are able to walk out what Jesus said in this statement. So John chapter 13, in verse 34, a few weeks ago we were looking at, probably in three weeks ago now, I was preaching a message about loving ourselves because some people came to Jesus and said, what's the greatest commandment? He said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And the second is just like it. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. And so we were talking about these things, and we talked about how we have to love ourselves, and to love ourselves, we got to love other people, and we talked about all those things, and then Jesus comes along here in John chapter 13, and he's working his way to the cross, and Jesus makes a statement. They are at the Passover dinner. Judas has just betrayed him, which Jesus knew was coming all along. 
Judas has just betrayed him, gets up, runs out of the room, and Jesus makes this statement. He says, I'm giving you a new commandment. So everybody listen up. I got something new to say to you today. I'm giving you a new commandment. He says, love each other just as I've loved you. You should love one another. I got a new rule. I got a new commandment. I got a new way for you to govern and rule and, and run your life. And you're supposed to run your life through this new commandment I'm giving you. And my new commandment, my new governing rule for your life is that you love other people not like you love yourself anymore, but you love other people the same way that I have loved you. And we've been talking about these last few weeks about, you know, people can be awesome and people can be terrible. They can be beautiful and they can be super ugly to you. They can, they can be the best thing in your life and they can bring you the greatest hurts and wounds. But Jesus comes along and makes this audacious statement and says to you, you've got to love everybody else just like I loved you. And the question then is, how do we love other people the way that Jesus loved us? So we're going to peek behind the curtain. We're going to go behind the scenes and see how Jesus did this and how we are able to do this as well. Because I want to tell you from the get-go today that there is a way, there is a possibility, there is the ability for you to love other people in your life, the ones that hurt you, the ones that betray you, the ones that stab you in the back, the ones that talk bad about you, the ones that when they talk bad about you show up and smile to your face, the ones who say horrible things to you. Your kids who don't listen to you, no matter how many times you tell them to do the same thing, there is a way to love all those people the same way that Jesus loved you. Do you want to hear about it? You <laughs> that was my niece, and we just had an awkward moment where I was staring at her because she did not respond. And then she felt like, well, he's staring at me. I've got to do something. So Jesus says, love one another as I've loved you. I want to take you back to the first chapter of John. We've got a few scriptures we're going to read today. Normally, it's, it's more scriptures today than I would normally read with you on a Sunday morning. And that's okay because I want to set a foundation and I, I want to help us see some things so that we understand what's being talked about. I feel like when it comes to the Holy Spirit, that there is a lot of misunderstanding and miscommunication in the church. And in fact, we had a class two weeks ago tomorrow, we had a, a Holy Spirit class where we worked our way through the Word of God looking at scriptures about the Holy Spirit, talking about the gifts of the Spirit, talking about all these things so that there was some strong foundation and some understanding as we came close to today, which is Pentecost, so that people who didn't know about the Holy Spirit or who wanted to know more about the Holy Spirit could know. And I feel like in our denomination, we're, we're a non-denominational church, but in our circle of churches, which is charismatic or Pentecostal, we use a lot of terms for the Holy Spirit that can be confusing to people. We talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We talk about the gifts of the Spirit. We talk about the infilling of the Spirit. And people can be confused. And they're like, well, are these all three terms that can be interchangeable? Do you, can, you, can you use, is this, is this just it? Is there one infilling? Is there one filling of the Holy Spirit? And that's all there is. And we're going to talk about this today because here's the answer. Here's the answer to the question. How do you love people like Jesus loved them? It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
You can try as best as you can to love people in your own natural grace and ability, but newsflash, it doesn't last very long. People are annoying. (laughs) People are frustrating. And if you try to walk through life with people in your own ability, in your own power, you're not going to make it very far. Nehemiah, there's a verse in Nehemiah that says, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And what that verse is talking about really is like, it's not by your own hand, but it's by the spirit and the grace of God that you're going to make it through. And so we don't want to be people who struggle through life and struggle through relationships and struggle through hardships trying to love people in our own power, in our own ability. Because guys, here's the truth of the matter. You're pretty weak and you're not going to get very far. None of us are in your own strength. But when you work through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can go the distance. And who wants to go the distance? Who wants to go the distance in their marriage? Okay, six people. Six. (laughs) All the married people in the room. Who wants to go the distance in your marriage? (laughs) Yes, my spouse is here. I have to say yes right now. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to go the distance. (laughs) All the parents with kids who are trying your patience. Who doesn't want to just wait until the kids get old enough to move out of the house and then shout freedom? But who wants to see their kids go the distance and grow up and be happy and healthy and successful and training up their own family in the way that... Who wants to see that? We need the Holy Spirit at work in our lives to go the distance in these things. So in, I told you to go to John chapter 1, didn't I? Well, I'm in Luke for some reason, but we're going to John. (laughs) Go with me to John chapter uh, 1. John chapter 1, and I want to show you this. We're going to look at the baptism of Jesus. And every account of the baptism of Jesus, or or every gospel, records the account of Jesus' baptism. It recorded a little bit different, and in John's gospel... It's John talking about what he saw, what he witnessed when Jesus was baptized. And in John chapter 1, in verse 32, it says, Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. John says, I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water. I just love this. Can we pause for a second as we read this? I just love how John is so articulate and so detailed with God said this to me and so when I went out God spoke this to me you know somebody needs to hear this this morning in this room you need to get a word from God in your own life so as you navigate through life you can say to other people God said to me this whether you're moving somewhere whether you're starting a job whether you're embarking on a relationship you've got to have a word from God to stand on in your own life so that you can go back when life gets hard and say God said this to me Amen 
So John's saying, I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize water, he told me, the one who you see in the spirit, the spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. So here we see the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus. Now we look at every other gospel and they all, show, they all talk about the Spirit of God resting on Jesus. So Jesus embarked on his public ministry. This is the beginning of his ministry. And the first thing that happens is he goes out and is baptized and he's baptized in water, but then the Holy Spirit comes down and rests upon him. So Jesus is going and working in conjunction with the Holy Spirit. He begins to do signs and wonders and miracles. He begins to preach and he's working with with the Holy Spirit. And, and John says that Jesus is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus received the Holy Spirit, and then Jesus is the one, we're going to look at in a second, who went to heaven and said, I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit down to you. You can't give away, in your own life, you can't give away what you haven't received. You can't give away love you haven't received. You can't give away the spirit of God that you haven't received. You, have, you can't give away wisdom you haven't received. You can't give away anything that you haven't received. You've got to receive something to give it away. So here we see that Jesus receives the Holy Spirit, comes down and rests upon him. Let's go to John chapter 14 together and look at this. This is towards the end of Jesus's earthly life. John chapter 14, picking up in verse 15, it says this. If you love me, obey my commandments. That's a great one-liner. You need to highlight that verse. You need to, you need to memorize that verse. You need, to, you need to like think about that verse. Jesus says, if you love me, do what I say. If you love me, do what I say. You don't get to pick and choose. You know, I love you, Jesus, but I'm only going to obey this part of what you said to me. I love you, Jesus, but I don't like those rules. I don't like those people. I don't like this idea or concept of forgiveness, of forgiving people who hurt me. I only want to do this one. No, Jesus didn't qualify. He just said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Then he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world can't receive him because it's not looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now, talking about the Holy Spirit living inside of Jesus because Jesus was with them now. And then he says, and later will be in you. No, I won't abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Then down in verse 26, Jesus says, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative that is the holy spirit he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything i have told you you know the holy spirit let's just talk about the holy spirit for just a moment before we move on jen put a post on her her worship leaders facebook group last night talking about how the holy spirit isn't weird i don't want to tell you today the holy spirit isn't weird the Holy Spirit isn't here as a one-man show. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to point attention to himself. 
The Holy Spirit is here to remind you of what Jesus said, and the Holy Spirit will always point you to Jesus. So listen, if you're listening to somebody, if you're watching somebody, and it's all about them, what the Spirit of God is doing in them, and look how great I am, look how amazing I am, that's probably not the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will always point to the Father. Some of y'all need to check what you're watching and what you're listening to. You know what? There's tons of people preaching on Instagram and TikTok. Don't just listen to everything that comes across your path. <laughs> Come on. The Holy Spirit comes into your life to remind you of the things that Jesus said. To point you to Jesus. He says, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. This is what the Holy Spirit is going to do. Now let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Jesus is talking again. This is right when he's about to ascend to heaven. These are, in the book of Acts, these are Jesus' last earthly words to us. He's talking to his disciples. They're all together on this hill. One of my favorite little stories. Because the disciples, I just think the disciples, you know... Bless their hearts. I just, in my mind, I don't think they're the smartest bunch of dudes. But honestly, in all fairness, I probably would have done the exact same thing these guys did. Right? Who's read about the disciples? Who's read the Gospels? And can we all agree, like, from hindsight, looking at these guys now, you're like, ah, these guys, hmm, I would never hire them. <laughs> they're gathered together, and in verse 4, it says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, he'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 8, this is when they're standing on the, on the hilltop. Jesus is about to go into heaven. He says, you will receive power. Everybody say power. power. Say power like it's a powerful word. Power. Okay. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want to tell you about the word power for just a moment. That word power is the Greek word dunamis. And it means this, force, literally or figuratively, specifically miraculous power, ability, abundance, meaning, might, worker of miracles, Power, strength, violence, mighty, wonderful work. So when he says you will receive power, it's not just like power, like a power. It is miraculous, mighty power in your life, and it's through the Holy Spirit. Now listen, when we think of this word, and sometimes when we think of the Holy Spirit, we think purely in the context of crazy miracles, of legs popping out, of blind eyes being opened, of deaf ears, right? Like when we think of miraculous, dunamis, mighty working power, isn't that what we think of most times? But I want to tell you this morning, we're talking about Jesus said, love one another as I've loved you. But can I get an amen that some of us need the miraculous, dunamis, mighty working power of the Holy Spirit in our relationships? Some of us need the Spirit of God to shut our mouth sometimes. Sometimes our mouths are on autopilot. Our brain's not even engaged. Have you ever had a conversation where your mouth is talking and your brain is saying, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, don't say it. Oh, it's too late. It came out of you. Has anybody had that? Yeah. <laughs> 
You need the dunamis, mighty working, miracle working power of the Holy Spirit to shut your trap sometimes. And we get so stuck on the Holy Spirit only works one way. Well, the Holy Spirit does miracles. Yeah, sometimes it's a miracle to shut you up. And we need the Spirit of God on the inside of us to help us love other people the way that Jesus loved them. The way that Jesus was able to love people was not just because he was the Son of God. You know, sometimes we get so stuck on, what well, Jesus was the Son of God. He can do whatever he wants because he's God. Yes, he was God. He was fully God, but he was also fully man. So he went through the same emotions and feelings. He had the same temptations we did. And so it was by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit, that he was able to love other people the way that we're called to love them. When he said, love them like I love them, you love them through the Holy Spirit. And you need the Holy Spirit in your life to help you see people the way that God sees them, to help them love them the way that God loves them. Listen, we all know how hard it is to love people. When somebody asks you the same question 10 times in a row and you're like, good Lord, I can't answer this question one more time. Please quit asking me. Oh, none of you have been there before? Your spouses have never asked you the same question 100 times? And you're like, are you listening to me? Because you keep asking me a question. I keep answering it, but you keep, listen. With the Spirit of God at work inside of your heart and your life, those frustrations and those hurts and those wounds begin to melt away so that you can see them the same way that God sees them and you can love them the same way that God loves Love one another as I have loved you is only possible through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. So Acts chapter 2, let's go here. It says, on the day of Pentecost, which is what, Today is today's of Pentecost, 50 days from Passover is Pentecost. All the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. This was the initial outpouring of the Spirit of God. This was the promise. This was the gift that Jesus said, I'm going to heaven. It's better for you if I go to heaven because right now I'm one person. I can only do so much. But listen, it's better for everybody if I go to heaven because if I go to heaven, I can say, God, Father, please send your Holy Spirit down and that everybody who calls on your name, who accepts you into their life, then has the Spirit of God living on on the inside of them. So I'm going to go so I can do that. And so they all sat in the upper room waiting for this promise. And suddenly on the day of Pentecost, that's what happened. And they were all filled with the Spirit. And the Bible says they began speaking in other language. This wasn't speaking in heavenly tongues. This wasn't praying in tongues. This was people like all of us in a room. The Bible says there was 120 of them. They were all sitting there. And suddenly they began speaking in other known languages. And people in the city began to hear what was going on. And began to hear all these people in the room speaking about the goodness of God in their own natural languages. And it drew them together to find out what was going on. 
This was the initial outpouring of the promise of the Spirit of God, of the Holy Spirit to the believers. This is why you and I have access, because Jesus went to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit down, and we now have access to the Spirit of God when we accept Jesus into our lives. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. You look skeptical. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 13 and 14 is what we're going to look at. It says, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth. Gentiles are non-Jews. The good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, say, when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. He identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. When you accept Jesus into your life, you receive the Holy Spirit into your life. You receive the Holy Spirit. God puts his stamp on you. God puts his mark on you. And God fills you with his spirit. Now, this is the initial infilling. This is what we call being born again. This is what being born again is. When you give your life to Jesus, he fills you with his spirit. This is the born again experience. But there's a difference between being born again and being filled with the spirit. And the Bible talks about a being filled that is a continual process in your life where you are filled continually over and over and over again. So we see here, listen, Romans chapter 8 says that it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells on the inside of you. It's more proof for you to see that when you, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you say, come into my life, he comes into your life and the Holy Spirit is there. That comforter, that advocate, that one that leads you into truth and wisdom and guides you, that spirit lives and dwells on the inside of you. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. If you can't find that, it's only a few pages over. We're going to start in verse 15. And we're going to work our way down to 18. Oh, sorry. We're going to start in verse 18. Nope, 15. Maybe 20. 5 verse 15 says this. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days and don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. You know, that verse is saying that there is something that God wants you to do. And we each need to take the time to find out what that looks like in our life. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're facing, whatever situation you find yourself in, there is a will of God in that moment. Romans talks about knowing the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. So there's something that God wants you to do. 
He says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the, will, what the Lord wants you to do. Verse 18 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. <laughs> it is true, isn't it? <laughs> don't be drunk with wine because it'll ruin your life. You know, the Bible doesn't tell you you can't drink. It does tell you that you can't be drunk. And here, Paul says, it'll ruin your life. I don't understand why, but many times followers of Jesus, our master, we're looking to see how close to the line of sin we can get without crossing it. How, cl how close can I get to this? I haven't broke the line. I'm not drunk. I may be tipsy. I may be high. I may be doing this, but I haven't crossed the line. Why do we need to get that close to the line to begin with? It'll ruin your life. I was telling people in the first service, I have never, and maybe you have, but I personally have never heard anybody tell me how glad they were that they had alcohol addiction in their life. Oh, I love it. Yes. I'm an alcoholic and it's ruined my life. Yeah, I'm so thankful for it. Oh, I do drugs. I'm crazy about drugs. Mmm, drugs, 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 drugs. It's been so good for me. It's been so good for my marriage. Look at my kids. They love me. No, I've never heard anybody say, oh, I love going home and looking at porn. Porn, porn, porn all day long. A little louder than that. Amen. of all those poor people that didn't hear you online. Maybe they did. That was, I, I want to be real with you. That was actually a test because we talked about this in the first service, and I wanted to see if you guys, listen, everybody, everybody, like, when it comes to, like, porn, everybody shuts down. You can talk about alcohol addiction all day long. People are like, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm, no alcohol. No drugs. No drugs for me. But suddenly you say, like, uh, porn. People are like, mm -hmm. Don't move. Don't move. If we move, he won't see us and he'll move on. Like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. So I actually wanted to see how you all were going to respond to that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If we can't talk about things like this in church, where else are we going to talk about it? The lie of the enemy is let's just shut up and ignore it, sweep it under the rug. You're the only person that deals with this. Nobody else could possibly have these problems. 
Nobody else could possibly deal with these things. And you believe those lies, and because you believe them, you don't talk about them, you don't bring them into the light like Pastor Jen just said, and because it's not in the light, it's not dealt with. And you just hide in the corner, feeling ashamed and feeling guilty and feeling unworthy when God wants to say, I want to bring you over here into the spotlight and deal with these things so you can be who I've called you to be. So he says, don't be drunk with wine because that's going to ruin your life. (laughs) Instead, instead of being drunk with wine, we're talking about Jesus saying, love one another like I've loved you. I'm over time. I'm almost done. Hang on. He says, love one another like I've loved you. I'm telling you that to love other people the way that Jesus loved us, you've got to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. We've received the power of the Holy Spirit. When you accept Jesus into your life, you receive the Spirit of God. But then there's a be being filled that we're going to look at here together. There's more that you need in your life to walk through these things. And so it says here, instead of being drunk with wine, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, it's not just a one time. The idea in the Greek, the tense, the, the tense of the word is the continual ongoing word. And it actually says, be being filled with the Holy Spirit, where you are continually in your life, constantly in a state where you are being filled up with the Holy Spirit, enabling you to walk in the power, the dunamis, mighty working, miracle working power of God that enables you to walk through every circumstance that you find yourself in victorious to the other side. So then he tells us, this is how he says, be filled with the Spirit, Then he begins to tell us something, and he's telling us one of the ways to be filled with the Spirit. And he goes on, and he says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your heart. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The New King James says, giving thanks always for all things. Giving thanks always for all things. Giving thanks always for all things. What is singing songs? It's giving thanks. You stand up in church. When we stand here in church, we're singing worship songs. What are we doing? We're thanking God for who he is. We're thanking God for what he's doing. We're thanking, we're singing songs about God working in our lives. We're giving thanks to him. It says sing songs and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Psalms are scripture that are put to song. Hymns are modern songs that we're singing about the goodness of God. And spiritual songs are songs that the the Spirit of God births inside of you. Pastor Jenny, almost probably, almost probably, almost every service has some kind of spiritual song that she sings. If you listen, we'll go off the slides, we'll go off the screens, and she'll just begin to sing some song. Repeat after me. Let's sing this together. How many times have you heard her do that? You hear her do it all the time. And she'll begin to sing this song. It's a spiritual song. And what is it doing? It's causing you to give thanks to God. And as you give thanks to God, as you give thanks to God in all things at every time, it's causing you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's causing your spirit to come alive. Now listen, there's other ways. Jude Jude verse 20 talks about praying in the tongues, praying in the spirit, building yourself up on your most holy faith. And we believe that. We believe in the gift of tongues. But right now we're looking at this, and he says, as you give thanks in all things at all times, 
You're filled with the Spirit of God. Now look at this. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to finish up here. Galatians is the book before Ephesians, in case you're wondering where to go. Galatians chapter 5, and verse 16, says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of the Moses. Verse 22 says, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. If you want to see if you're walking in the Spirit, look at the fruit in your life. Look at the fruit in your relationships. Look at the fruit in your kids. Look at the fruit in your marriage. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is patience, is kindness, is goodness, is gentleness. It's self-control, people. That is the fruit. That is the evidence of the Spirit of God at work on the inside of you. So Ephesians says uh, to, to be filled with the Spirit, give thanks. And then Galatians here says, begin to walk in the Spirit. So as you are filled with the Spirit, you can then begin to walk in the Spirit. And as you walk in the Spirit, you see the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And so as you're walking in the Spirit, it allows you to love people the way that Jesus loves them because you're filled with the Spirit. You're not doing it in your own strength. You're not doing it in your own ability. You're not trying your best, even though they're annoying the snot out of you. You're loving them the same way that Jesus did because you've got the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living and dwelling and moving and motivating you. So how do you love other people? How do you love people like Jesus loves them? It's not by your own hand. The place you begin is when you find yourself in some situation. None of you do this, but if you were fighting with your spouse, everybody here has perfect marriages, I understand. But other people who fight with their spouses, other people who fight with their kids, other people who fight with their coworkers, when you find yourself in those places, Instead of staring at the circumstances and instead of staring at the hardship and instead of staring at all the things that, that aren't what they're supposed to be and focusing on those things, you begin to lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. And as you begin to give thanks to God, as you begin to worship, as you begin to sing songs, maybe you need to crank open, like maybe you need to turn off your music that you're listening to and just begin to like roll down your windows and begin to sing in the spirit as you drive. Maybe you need to be that person that pulls up beside somebody at a stoplight and they're just going to town singing. You seen those people before? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we need to be those people. Maybe the things you're facing in your life are so radical that you just need to get radical about your praise and thanksgiving to God so he can work and move because it changes your focus. It changes your attention. And as you begin to give thanks to God for whatever you're facing you will see that something happens inside of you. Your faith is being stirred. Your heart is being stirred. You are being filled with the Spirit of God. 
And when you are filled with the Spirit of God, you're able to walk that out. You're able to walk in the Spirit. And as you walk in the Spirit, you will see the fruit of the Spirit showing up in every area of your life because you are being guided and directed by the Spirit of God itself. Stand up with me. You know, you could be sitting here you could be sitting here and saying, I don't know what to say thanks about. My circumstance is so dire, is so bleak, is so broken that I don't even know where to begin to start giving thanks to God for. The easiest thing in the world is just to begin to start saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I got no other words. My kids are crazy. Ugh, Jesus, my children. Not my children. This is just an example. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Other people's children. I used to begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's three little words. But as you begin to shift your eyes from the circumstances and begin to turn your eyes to Jesus. It begins to work in your heart. It begins to change things in your heart. It begins to cause you to love others and to love those people you're dealing with, even though maybe they did terrible things to you and they hurt you so very bad and you feel so betrayed and so let down and so wounded. As you begin to lift your hands to God and give him thanks, you will watch and see the transformation that takes place inside of you, in your heart towards them. And it causes you to begin to love them like Jesus was. So let's take a moment together and let's begin to give thanks to Jesus. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever you're going through, begin to thank him. You're like, I don't know what else to say. You don't got to say anything else than thank you, Jesus. And as you begin to lift up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, he'll begin to show you things to say. He'll begin to put other words in your heart. He'll begin to show you things to pray for. But it starts by just saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands with me if you want. Let's just begin to thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for our marriages. Thank you, Jesus, for our kids. Thank you, Jesus, for the people that we work with. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. Come on, just say thank you. Just say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We know that because of you, there's a way through. Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Your name is greater than the name of that person that's hurt me. Your name is greater and stronger than, than the things that were done to me. Thank you, Jesus.
chapter 2 it's when the Holy Spirit first fell and the church as we know it was born and Peter gets up because they're all speaking in these other languages and all these people from around the city show up and they're like what's happening what are you guys doing these guys are drunk some people thought and Peter stands up and preaches this blistering message and just lays it out. And in verse 37, it says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said, what should we do? What, what are we supposed to do with what you just said to us? And Peter's response says, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then once you do that, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for everybody, to you, your kids, to Jews, to Gentiles, for everybody as far as the Lord would call. And I want to pray, if there's anybody here today that you've never received Jesus in your life, and you've never received the Holy Spirit, and you're sitting here as I'm talking, and you're like, yeah, my relationships are a mess. My life is a mess. I need this Holy Spirit in my life. I need the Spirit of God at work in my life. I want to pray with you. We will pray together, all together. Or if you're in this place and your life is not, you're not living your life the way that you know that you should. That Jesus, you call him your master and your Lord and Savior with your lips, but your actions don't line up with it. Then we're going to pray together. And all you got to do is raise up your hand 
You'll notice that I didn't say close your eyes because I don't think you got to close your eyes all the time. But if you're here in this place today, and you're like, I need this in my life. I need to get my life back on track. Then you just pop your hand up and we're going to pray together. I see that. Anybody else? Now's a chance. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see it. I see it. I see it. This is what Jesus came for, to give us freedom so that we could have the Spirit of God living and dwelling on the inside of us. So let's all pray together. I want everybody to repeat this after me. Jesus, I come to you right now and I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I have made a mess of things all on my own and I come to you right now and I say, I need you in my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that guides and leads me into all truth. I thank you for your wisdom, for your grace, and for your strength. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. Amen. It's a great prayer to pray together. <laughs> I want to pray one more thing for us. I want to pray, if you're here at this place, Ephesians 5 talked about a continual filling of the Spirit of God, a be being filled. And maybe you are a little dry in your life. Maybe you are a little low in your life and you need the Spirit of God to come and do something new. Maybe you've been too busy. Maybe you've been running around and you haven't had time to go sit at the feet of Jesus. But I want to pray together today that God will refresh us and begin to pour out anew and afresh into our lives His Spirit that would lead and guide us every step of the way. And if you want God to pour out new into your life, a fresh anointing, then I want you just to raise your hands. And we're going to pray all together. Today is the day that we celebrate the birth of the modern church. Today is the day that we remember the outpouring of the Holy Spirit into those first disciples and apostles. And so, Father, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, you see these hearts, you see these hands lifted. And Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that by your Spirit, you begin to pour out into each and every one of us, Father, your anointing, refreshing, Father. Your word says in Acts 3 that you will pour out times refreshing as we repent and come to you. And Father, I thank you right now that you are pouring out an anointing and a fresh, a fresh presence of your Spirit in our life. That you are filling us up to overflowing. That you are filling us up. That we are following you, your ways, your voice. That we are doing the things that you've called us to do. That we are becoming the people that you have called us to be by your anointing, by your spirit in our life. And I thank you, Father, that as we continually give thanks to you, as we lift our hands in worship to you, as we cry out to your name, Jesus, you are filling us with your presence. And as we worship and as we praise Jesus, you are working on our behalf and filling us with your anointing. Jesus, I thank you.
because of your Holy Spirit, we are able to walk in love towards the most unlovely people that we encounter. That our marriages look the way that you desire them to look. That our relationships look what you say our relationships look like. That raising our kids looks like what you think raising our kids should look like, Father. Because of fresh anointing and fresh outpouring of your Spirit into our life. In the name of Jesus. I thank you for a great refreshing to fall on the weary right now in Jesus' name. For those who are tired and who are wore out and who are exhausted. Father, I thank you that as we wait in your presence, you are refreshing us. And God, I thank you for great peace. A peace that passes all understanding to come and flood hearts and minds and lives right now. To quiet the lies of the enemy to quiet the storms that we are facing. Jesus, we thank you for your spirit to come and flood our hearts and lives right now, bringing a peace that only comes through you. There is no other substitute for you and your presence, and we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for your anointing. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Just tell them thanks. Just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your peace. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for your anointing. Father, we thank you for working in our lives. We're so thankful. We're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for all you're doing. We're so thankful for all you've done, Jesus, for all you're going to do. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you worship. the services over you guys the Lord began to speak to me about you guys and it was first Thessalonians 5 just a few scriptures faithful is he who calls you he will surely do it and you know I love that word surely there's just no doubt he says I'm surely gonna do it and the other one was instead of shame there's gonna be double honor I don't know the season that you guys have been through but Jesus gets the last word amen and the Lord says, because you have passed the tests of faithfulness, I'm pouring out my double portion upon you both. And the final thing the Lord says over you is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Come on, let's give a shout for Jesus, church. That's a good word. So good. You know, church, you never have to wonder if God sees you. 
because the creator never forgets his creation. Amen. He sees you. That's a good way to say that. I like that. What? That a creator never forgets his creation. How? Yeah. Do you ever forget your songs that you write? Well, there's been a few I've written. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting old. No, you're not. <laughs> Jesus, we're so thankful. We're so thankful for you. We love you. We're so thankful for your Holy Spirit that guides and leads us into all truth. Points to you. Reminds us of you. Reminds us of what you said. Father, I thank you for the words that were spoken to us today. God, I ask that as we leave this place, they find a home in our hearts and they bear much good fruit. Father, I thank you that you teach us to be people who are truly thankful and that you continually fill us with your spirit. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. If you need prayer for anything, we believe that prayer changes everything. And if you need prayer for anything, we got these people, these three mighty men. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.